This is study 7 in the book of Job, drawn from chapters 29 to 31. Job's self-assessment. We now come to two long speeches. The first by Job, summarising his thinking, is three chapters long. The second, by a new guy, Elihu, is five chapters long. Job cannot have been an old man when the disaster struck him. However long he lived, another 140 years according to the last chapter, he was only middle-aged for he had time to have another complete farming career and a considerable family. But much of what he describes in these chapters is remarkably similar to the common experience of an old person in Western culture. Up to about a hundred years ago, most people in the world only lived in one or two or three places their whole lives long, often one as they grew up and just another subsequent to marriage. Consequently, as they grew old, they would be surrounded by people they had known for a very long time, family, friends and acquaintances. For many today, things are very different. Education and job opportunities take us to live in many different places. Sometimes parents demand a weekly visit. That tends to be a disaster, as it leaves one not really belonging in either the place of residence or the parent's home area. As a result of this mobility, we will often enter old age and retirement surrounded mainly by strangers. The situation Job describes, in a totally different culture, and for very specific reasons, is extraordinarily like that which may be your experience, as in part it is mine, or as it may be yours at some future date. So I'll read these chapters, breaking into them at frequent intervals, to comment. First, I'm reading the first six verses of chapter 29. Job says, How I long for the months gone by, the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone on my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me, and my children were around me, when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. Assuming you are, or have been married, and had a family, you will remember that it was great fun when you were in your prime, and they were growing up. We then did all sorts of things, building sandcastles, playing with toy trains, etc., that we now have no excuse to do. Verses 7 to 25 when I went to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside, and the old men rose to their feet. Chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles were hushed, and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. Whoever heard me spoke well of me, and those who saw me commended me because I rescued the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to assist them. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. 
I put on righteousness as my clothing, justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. I thought, I will die in my own house, my days as numerous as the grains of sand. My roots will reach to the water, and the dew will lie all night on my branches. My glory will not fade, the bow will be ever new in my hand. People listened to me expectantly, waiting in silence for my counsel. After I had spoken, they spoke no more. My words fell gently on their ears. They waited for me as for showers, and drank in my words as the spring rain. When I smiled at them, they scarcely believed it. The light of my face was precious to them. I chose the way for them, and sat as their chief. I dwelt as a king among his troops. I was like one who comforts mourners. Our experience would have been in detail very different from Job's, yet it probably had much the same effect. We probably had a job which gave us status. We mattered. We were somebody. Even if we had no very exalted role, not in charge of anybody else, we still had a position in some firm or organisation or in the family. We may not have realised it at the time, but we drew strength from that sense of significance. But if, like me, you are old, you will find it easy to relate to what Job says next. Chapter 30, verse 15 verses. But now they mock me, men younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to put with my sheepdogs. What use was the strength of their hands to me, since their vigour had gone from them? Haggard from want and hunger, they roamed the parched land in desolate wastelands at night. In the brush they gathered salt herbs, and their food was the root of the broom bush. They were banished from human society, shouted at as if they were thieves. They were forced to lie to live in the dry stream beds, among the rocks and in holes in the ground. They brayed among the bushes and huddled in the undergrowth. A base and nameless brood, they were driven out of the land. And now those young men mock me in song. I have become a byword among them. They detest me and keep their distance. They do not hesitate to spit in my face. Now that God has unstrung my bow and afflicted me, they throw off restraint in my presence. On my right the tribe attacks. They lay snares for my feet. They build their siege wraps against me. They break up my road. They succeed in destroying me. No one can help him, they say. They advance as through a gaping breach. Amid the ruins they come rolling in. Terrors overwhelm me. My dignity is driven away as by the wind. 
my safety vanishes like a cloud. What a magnificent phrase that is. God has unstrung my bow. Job no longer has the strength or the will to pull the bowstring back far enough to send an arrow far enough to matter. I used to pride myself on my ability to run upstairs two or even three steps at a time. No longer. Now an old man, I go up sedately one step at a time. That is my equivalent to having my bow unstrung. A question then. If you are getting older, what is your equivalent to the unstrung bow? Loss of strength or beauty or what? More significantly, with retirement often comes a great loss of status, more in Western society than in those of the Third World, where there is usually some role even the aged are expected to fulfil. No one now looks for your advice. No one looks up to you as someone that matters. A question. That is not true in all societies. How good is the one in which you live at using the advice and gifts of old folk? If circumstances mean that you, an older person, no longer live where you spent most of your working life, then it may well feel as though you were being mocked by younger people as Job was, even when they are being polite to you. And back to chapter 30, reading from verse 16, at the end of the chapter. And now my life ebbs away, days of suffering grip me, night pierces my bones, my gnawing pains never rest. In his great power, God becomes like clothing to me. He binds me like the neck of my garment. He throws me into the mud, and I am reduced to dust and ashes. I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind. You toss me about in the storm. I know you will bring me down to death, to the place appointed for all the living. Surely no one lays a hand on a broken man when he cries for help in his distress. Have I not wept for those in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? Yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for light, then came darkness. The churning inside me never stops. Days of suffering confront me. I go about blackened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I have become a brother of jackals, a companion of owls. My skin grows black and peels. 
my body burns with fever, my lyre is tuned to mourning, and my pipe to the sound of wailing. Old age commonly brings aches and pains in joints and muscles. Job thinks of these as the work of God, tossing me about in the storm. We think about such things in a very different way, but the experience is just as real. My right ankle, left knee and left shoulder all ache. It is indeed like being tossed about in a storm. Unfortunately, Job's final chapter is a bad note to end on. Here it is, chapter 31, 40 verses of it. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. But what is our lot from God above, our heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not ruin for the wicked, disaster for those who do wrong? Does he not see my ways and count my every step? If I have walked with falsehood, or my foot has hurried after deceit, let God weigh me in honest scales, and he will know that I am blameless. If my steps have turned from the path, if my heart has been led by my eyes, or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown, and may my crops be uprooted. If my heart has been enticed by a woman, or if I have lurked at my neighbour's door, then may my wife grind another man's grain, and may other men sleep with her. But that would have been wicked, a sin to be judged. It is a fire that burns to destruction. It would have uprooted my harvest if I have de denied justice to any of my servants, whether male or female. When they had a grievance against me, what will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? If I have denied the desires of the poor, or let the eyes of the widow grow weary, if I have kept my bread to myself, not sharing it with the fatherless, but from my youth I reared them as a father would, and from my birth I guided the widow. If I have seen anyone perishing for lack of clothing, or the needy without garments, and their hearts did not bless me, for warming them with the fleece from my sheep, if I have raised my hand against the fatherless, knowing that I had influence in court, and let my arm fall from the shoulder, let it be broken off at the joint. For I dreaded destruction from God, and for fear of his splendour, I could not do such things. If I have put my trust in gold, or set to pure gold, you are my security. If I have rejoiced over my great wealth, the fortune my hands have gained, if I have regarded the sun in its radiance, or the moon moving in splendour, 
so that my heart was secretly enticed, and my hand offered them a kiss of homage. Then these also would be sins to be judged, for I would have been unfaithful to God on high. If I have rejoiced at my enemy's misfortune, or gloated over the trouble that came to him, I have not allowed my mouth to sin by invoking a curse against their life. If those of my household have never said, Who has not been filled with Job's meat? But no stranger had to spend the night in the street, for my door was always open to the traveller. If I have concealed my sin as people do by hiding my guilt in my heart, because I so feared the crowd, and so dreaded the contempt of the clans, that I kept silent and would not go outside. Oh, that I had someone to hear me. I sign now my defence. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser put his indictment in writing. Surely I would wear it on my shoulder. I would put it on like a crown. I would give him an account of my every step. I would present it to him as to a ruler. If my land cries out against me, and all its furrows are wet with tears, if I have devoured its yield without payment, or broken the spirit of its tenants, then let briars come up instead of wheat, and stinkweed instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. Each of us will have a different life story to tell. As we get older, we tend to reminisce more and more, telling the old stories of what has happened to us and what we have done. Family and friends may get fed up with stories of the good old days if we tell them too often, and they may not have been all that good. It is easy to fail to realise how much the world, and probably our society, has advanced during our lifetime. In our society and many others, loneliness comes from the mobility of our lives or the smallness of our families. This can be the curse of old age for many. It probably was not Job's problem, although the depth of his grief will have tended to isolate him from other people. The element in the equation that is not considered in the book of Job's is the role that the company of the Lord's people should play in the life of those in distress or in old age. In Job's day, they were the people of Israel, but Job was probably not an Israelite. And in our day, it is the local church. Sadly, because of the extreme individualism in modern Western society, it may not be very good at supporting the struggling. Even when it tries, it is usually a case of one individual helping another, rather than any sense of a corporate action supporting an individual. Other cultures in other societies often do these things much better. Job has succeeded in summarising very accurately most of the problems of old age. 
I, for one, can relate to his mutterings very easily, because I'm now 80 years old. The trouble is that in all these three chapters there is very little positive at all. We have to wait until Elihu has had his say, and the Lord speaks out of the storm clouds, before we get any positive encouragement. Every good doctor makes a careful diagnosis of what is wrong with his patient before he prescribes a treatment or picks up his scalp. This is the diagnosis, particularly if you're in your later years. This has been a strange study to write. There is very little that is positive here. But it is important to think about the situation we or other people are in. That is diagnosis. So a question. Can you think out what might be the cure for you, for others? And at that rather unsatisfactory point, we conclude this study.